Yay! All right. Good morning, Creekers, and all of our honored guests that are with us this morning. Are you excited? Hello, excited. I'm Dad. That one's from Will Fader right there. Hey, our tech director back there. That was good. All right. Some of them got it, Will. Some of them got it. Happy Father's Day to all the dads, stepdads, foster dads, grandfathers, and even spiritual fathers and spiritual mentors, right? If you're with us this morning, welcome. If you're watching online, welcome. Thank you for joining us online. Thanks for being here, everybody. Uh, dads of all kinds, make sure you get your... Uh, beef jerky, okay, uh, I, okay. before you leave. Um, how many of you guys have already got it? How many of you are already eating it right now? You know what I'm saying? That's right. You can dip it in your coffee. It makes a good coffee dip, okay? That's right. Dip it in and eat it. Nothing, is there anything better than, than jerky and coffee? You know what I'm saying? It's all good. Hey, being this is Father's Day, um, here's some good, uh, this is probably the top 150, this is out of the top 150 best dad jokes. You ready for some of these? Huh? April showers brings May flowers, but what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. I know some of you guys are really sharp and, and, and really smart, right? What do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. Ah, right. How do you make a tortilla or how do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. Yeah, some, yeah, some of you guys are on, on top of it, man. Some of you dads use these on a regular basis. I know you do, right? Uh, I talked about tortillas. What do you call a song about a tortilla? It's a rap, right? What's Forrest Gump's password for his computer? One, Forrest, one. Let that one roll. You like that? Last one, I promise, okay? Uh, where do pirates buy their, their hooks? The second-hand store. Oh, all right. Hey, all right. Uh, let's go to Genesis in the, in the Old Testament, if you will, all right? Genesis in the Old Testament. Uh, praise the Lord. And, and, and we'll read from Genesis 27 in just a minute. As my wife Megan said, we, are, uh, we were on vacation this last week. I appreciate our student pastor Jonathan uh, leading in the word last week and talking about God's word. And he did such a great job on talking about the importance of God's word. And I really appreciate how he brought out the difference between God-centered preaching and man versus man-centered preaching. So you did a great job there, Jonathan. Appreciated that. And I just wanted to commend you guys on your worship. Man, I was listening as, as we're driving down the road, and I think I was listening about you know, it was like late in the, you know, in the morning, I was listening, and uh, I could literally hear the congregation singing during the worship. It was so awesome. You guys, were, I want to commend you for your worship, so give yourselves a little hand as you come in and worship the Lord, and, um, but as today's Father's Day, I, I hope that all of, uh, all of the dads of all kinds, your day is extremely blessed. It's a blessed one filled with much favor from the Lord, um, and I, I, I'm glad we serve an amazing Heavenly Father. Aren't you glad for that fact as well? Uh, the Apostle John writes in 1 John 3, 1, listen, see what kind of, a, of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. And we just sang a song about that, very timely, Luther, uh, to put that in the worship set uh, about being the children of God. We are God's children, and he loves us so very much. We, 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 can't, even, we can't even fathom our brains don't even realize how much depth that, that God's love uh, is towards us. It's so much so. He loves us and values us so much that he sent his own son to the cross. 
so that we could live with him forever and ever and ever and ever in eternity. And that is just a beautiful thing. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us that much. Um, Because I don't know about you, but I've not been a perfect little child for the Father. Anybody else uh, join me in that? Yeah. Uh, we mess up, we sin, we fail, we, we let God down, we reject the Lord, we say no to God over and over again, but yet he stands there in his grace and his mercy and his love, and he just continue pulls us, and he says, you want to go that way? That's okay. I'm not going to leave you. I'm just going to keep on tugging at your heart. I'm going to keep on pulling at you, and we kindly come to him, and you're like, I'm sorry, Lord. Man, he doesn't chastise us. He doesn't like the old backhand or take his belt off. Anybody else? Uh, you, you know the sound. You know what I mean? You, you know the sound of the belt coming out of the loops. Anybody? Uh, I know that sound well. Matter of fact, we just told our kids that on this trip. It's like when we were your age, if we would have spoken back to us like that, we would have got the belt. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh, my dad and mom were great. They were awesome. Uh, anyway, but um, he loves us. He doesn't give us the belt. He loves us. And, and we praise him for that. Amen. I got a message this morning being Father's Day. It's a very practical message, a very applicable message, and something that's very, very easily done. Do you guys like that? Huh? How many like that? Yeah. I know the most men, you know, that are in here, that we like things that are easy. The instructions are printed in English. It's only step one, step two, and then finished. Anybody ever build an Ikea product? Anybody? Dude, that, that, that's, that's an afternoon right there, you know? Um, I just got the Texas Trio grill slash barbecue slash smoker, and it took me out. Yeah, I heard somebody growl. I, I, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm two hours later today, I'm curing it, man, in high heat. I can't wait. But it took me hours to put that thing and assemble that thing, okay? Listen, this message today, no assembly required, okay? No assembly, guys, and I, and I pray this message stays with us, and it's very applicable. This morning, I want to talk about the blessing of affirmation. The blessing of affirmation. I'm so glad you guys are all here, man. It's so good to see everybody and all you online again. Um, I love Sunday mornings. Can you tell? You're my people and I love it. (laughs) Um, But before we read scripture this morning, I want to paraphrase the backstory, okay? So at this point in the OT, we read that God had promised the patriarch Abraham that he would be blessed and he would be the father of, of many nations, and in fact, that all of the world would be blessed because of Abraham and his offspring. And the Lord told Abraham that if, if he could count, if go out and count the stars at night, that's how numerous his offspring would be. Now, he was talking about Abraham being the father of the Israelite nation and the Jewish, the Jewish people. And we see this Abrahamic covenant between God and Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three. So after this covenant was given, uh, years later, Abraham gives birth to a son named Isaac, Isaac, who carried this covenantal promise and blessing uh, from God with him, all right? And, and, And later on, after Abraham had passed, we see Isaac, his son, and his wife, Rebecca, they're about to have two boys, two twin boys. Now, at this time in Hebrew culture, being the firstborn son of the family was super important because it was the firstborn son who owned the birthright of the family and the family's inheritance. It was to the firstborn that 
what was considered or called the patriarchal fatherly blessing was pronounced on this son. This was a huge deal. This blessing from the father was everything. It meant everything. It carried so much weight with all the rest of the family. It carried so much responsibility because again, all of the inheritance, all of the family responsibility was placed upon that firstborn son who obtained the birthright, who also got the fatherly blessing, okay? So the blessing from the father was so important. So with these two twin boys, and it's Jacob and Esau, if you're a student of God's word and you've read this story, many of you might have read it a a hundred times or a thousand, some this may be new to you, okay? But uh, Rebecca was about to have two twin boys, uh, Jacob and Esau, and God actually kind of flipped the script. Normally Esau, okay, or whoever the firstborn, he... And if, well, you know the story, and they came out, and you know, Esau was the firstborn, but Jacob kind of reached out and grabbed his hand. They tied him, you know, all, all kinds of, the story is, is pretty in-depth and stuff like that. But what God wanted for his plan and his purposes, God chose the younger to actually take the place of the older. So uh, the patriarchal blessing and the, the covenantal promise would continue with Jacob, not Esau, all right? And, and so it, it would be important that as Esau was the firstborn, he normally would have received the birthright and the blessing. But when we read the account of Genesis, you know, we, we find that Jacob was kind of a deceiver. He was uh, a trickster and, you know, and, and all of his life and, and he kind of manipulated things. And uh, so his brother Esau went out and was hunting. He was a, uh, an awesome hunter and he was really skilled at that, and so he went out in the woods, and he was hunting. He was gone all day, and he came back, and he was very, very hungry, almost. He, he, you know, he says, I'm to the point of death and starving. Well, Jacob took opportunity, and, and as his brother's out there hunting, he makes a pot of just this really good stew, and maybe it was some chili in there, you know, it's so good, and, and he's sitting there stirring it up, and as Esau comes in from the field, he smells that, and he's hungry, and he's like, Jacob, my brother, give me some of that stew, man, I'm starving, and Jacob's like, no, you can't have any, and Esau's like, give me some of that stew, and, and he's like, well, what are you going to give me, all right? And, and Esau's like, dude, I, I will give you my birthright. I, I, I will give you all that. I'll trade you my birthright just for a little bit of that good stew. Because I'm about to die out here. What good would that do me right now? And so that's what happened that day. Uh, Esau kind of traded his birthright to his brother for this stew, okay? And, and Jacob's mom, Jacob was a mama's boy. Any, we got any guys that are mama's boys that want to admit anybody? No, no. no guys, I, I'm, not, I'm not raising my hand in church today, right? No, anyway, uh, uh, his mom knew kind of what was going on and she loved her son Jacob so much and so she kind of got in on this plan and later on as Isaac got really, really old and he could, he could hardly see, I mean, he, he couldn't really see at all he realized it was time to give the, the fatherly patriarchal blessing. And so he calls for his son Esau to come in and do that, all right? So uh, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, moves in real quick and she grabs her son Jacob and, and she has this plan in place and she's probably had for a while. Um, but they're going to trick Isaac into blessing Jacob instead of Esau. 
So she had like some, some, some camel hair clothes made up, you know, and because Esau was very hairy and Jacob was very smooth, pretty much the Bible says. So she, she disguised her son Jacob to trick Esau into thinking, or trick Isaac into thinking that Jacob was Esau, okay? And so Jacob went into her, his father's tent disguised as Jacob, and he couldn't see. Um, and Isaac didn't get, did get tricked, and he blessed Jacob instead of Esau, and that's going to be our text, Genesis 27, verses 26 through 37, you can read with me. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near and, and kiss me, my son. And he, this is Jacob, came near and kissed him, and he, and he Isaac, smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven or the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. This blessing was important. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I have blessed him and indeed he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me. Also, father, bless me. But he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now look, he's taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, indeed, I've made him your master and all his brethren. I've given to him, I've given to him as servants with grain and wine. I've sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? So the, the boys were like, we got to get our father's blessing. The father's blessing was so important. And all this trickery and deception, you know, that, that, that we see in this story aside, and, and God used all that for his purposes, for his plan and his will. I want us for a few short minutes to really look into this blessing from the father here. I want to unpack this blessing from Isaac. Because Isaac did, in bless, he did indeed bless Jacob, but there's some things that we can learn from this blessing that, that even we can do and apply even today. You see, inside of Isaac's blessing was a blessing of affirmation, a blessing of affirmation. Isaac affirmed his son. It's important for us to see that today. He affirmed his son. What does affirmation mean? Merriam-Webster's.com defines affirmation as a, a positive assertion. It's asserting something positive, okay? FreeDictionary.com defines affirmation as something declared to be true. It's a positive statement. So affirmation, it's giving some positive reassurance, stating some truth to someone. It's something that someone can hang their hat on, if, you, if we can use that expression. 
It's an encouragement. And we see Isaac affirm his son in four ways in his blessing. And and these four things are going to be a theme this morning. First, we see in verse 27, he he gives his son Jacob a, a tender, meaningful touch, okay? He had his son Jacob come in, and he said, hey, come over here and and kiss me. So he got very close to his son Jacob. So much, he got close so much that he smelled his clothing, okay? I can just picture Isaac grabbing Jacob's shoulders and, and, and pulling him in real close. Then he blessed him. Maybe he put his hands on his son's head as he said his blessing. Maybe he patted him on the back. Maybe he put his hands on his son's shoulders as he prayed the blessing over him. More likely, he did all three of them. He put his hand on his head and patted his back, grabbed his shoulders as he prayed for him, kind of blessed him, okay? Then verse 27 shows us that Isaac spoke a positive message over his son, and this placed a high value on him. The message included a, a valued evaluation of his son. It was a message his son would not forget. And, and he, he compared his son to two wonderful things. First, you have the smell of the field on you. You're a man of the field. I mean, I don't think any father has said those things to his son probably ever since then. You know, it's like, you smell like the wild deer out there, bro. <laughs> now we'd be like, get in there and get a shower. All right, please. Okay, no, but that was a positive thing there, all right? And he says, you're an outdoorsman. That's your strength, and it's a very, very good thing. It's like God made you this way. He's given you these strengths. He's given you these abilities. Now, again, Isaac think, is thinking that it's his son Esau because he's, dis, he, he's disguised. He's got, like, clothing with camel's hair and stuff all over it. And who knows, Jacob's mom may have taken that stuff and put it in all the animal pens and stuff like that. Who knows? But it's like, you smell like the field. God's blessed you as a mighty hunter. God's gifted you in these things. And then verse 28 and 29 shows, number three, that Isaac predicted a special future for his son. He gave his son a word of destination that would would carry, and this is Jacob, carry him into the future. It was a direction to go. It was a path to travel. He was blessing him to be prosperous. He's like, let God give you the best, the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, all kinds of grain and wine, the soil, the rain, the crops, be blessed and be favored. And then he alludes back to the Abrahamic covenant regarding him and his offering and his own father. It's like, you're going to be the leader of your brethren. You're going to be the leader of your people. It's not going to be good for those that don't bless you and your offspring, but those that do bless you and, and, and your offspring, they're going to be blessed as well. And that part of the covenant is still valid today, okay? And then lastly, verses 34 and 37 shows a promise of continued commitment. By these verses, Jacob had split, and, and as we read, Esau came into his father's tent ready to receive his blessing. They both realized they had both been duped, all right? So Esau proclaims, hey, Dad, anything for me? Where's my blessing, right? And it's interesting that Isaac, this patriarchal father, he didn't renege or take anything away from Jacob. He didn't, oh, I, I, I remove my blessing from Jacob and I give it to you, Esau. My, no, 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 he, he committed to Jacob as the one that's already blessed. He's like, I've already blessed him. And I'm sticking with it. What else can I do? I've already given him my fatherly blessing, and with him, I'm committed. 
So we see these four things in Isaac's blessing. And you may say, Greg, okay, what does all this have to do with me today as a father or a grandfather or a stepfather? Maybe even you're here and you're like, Greg, I'm a single mom. There's no father in our household. What what does this have to do with me today? Maybe you are a a lady and, and you're like, Greg, my husband is not a godly man. He's not even in church with us today on Father's Day. How can this apply to me this morning? So please hear me today. This applies to every type of parent or grandparent, okay? Even spiritual fathers and mothers, mentors. Here's the truth. Our kids need godly affirmation. Our kids need it so much. They need godly affirmation. They need to be blessed by us. This is so important. Because there's so much noise in the world today. Our kids and our students, they've got voices whispering, whispering to them from all over, from many sources. They've got many messages of compromise with the world, okay? There are so many messages trying to get our kids to surrender to the whims and the fads and the trends of the world. So many messages and voices trying to get our kids to compromise, to hold hands with the world, to try to, ki- to, try to get our kids to abandon God and to abandon God's word. They're out there and they're speaking to our kids So many voices in their ears, so many messages that they're bombarded with that are not beneficial, that are not encouraging, that are not affirming, and they're not uplifting to our kids. Our kids need a message of biblical affirmation. Biblical, I mean, it should have been like a hundred amens that was said on that. Of biblical affirmation. Why why a message, Greg, of of biblical affirmation? Why throw the Bible in there? Because the Bible is the most important thing, right? It's the very word of God. Well, Greg, why not a message of, you know, that's going to make them, you know, it's it's just a feel-good message full of fluff and no substance. Why biblical affirmation? Because they need the word of God in their lives. We need the word of God in our lives. So I appreciate Pastor Jonathan's message last week and the importance of God's word. He did a great job last week of of exposing false teachers and and what they do. But man, Megan and I recently, uh, we we have been kind of not scared, but a little shocked at, at, at what we're hearing from even believers in the church even today. People that have stood on God's word for, for a long time. What we're starting to hear them is start to say, you know, well, you know, I've, I've been thinking about things and as things are going in the culture and things are going in society and, and so I, I, you know, I love God's word. I, I love God's word, but I don't like that specific part of the Bible. I love God's word, but I don't really agree with what God's word says about that. I agree with the Bible. Oh yeah, man, I love God's word, except this part right here. I don't agree with that. I don't like that. Listen, we're starting to hear that from people in the church, other believers, and it's alarming to us. They're like, oh man, yeah, God's word is awesome, and it's the power to save. We'll read that scripture in a minute, and it's great, and I love all of it except this little bit. And I don't agree with that. 
And we may say, hey, well, man, it's God's word. Well, it doesn't matter to me. I don't agree with that. I don't like that. Who are we to even do that? To, to even have, it's like, Lord, this is your word you've given us, and it's awesome, and it's great, and it's perfect, and it's divinely inspired, except this little bit, God, I, I don't agree with that. And it's just, it is what it is, God. Listen, this is a dangerous game that believers are playing. And one day we will stand before God. And he's going to like, who do you think you were? It says you, all my word except that little bit right there. Listen, either God's word is all authoritative, the full counsel of God's word, or it's not. And either we believe God's word in its entirety, or we don't. Right? We don't get the choice. We don't get to be like, well, you know, I love God's word and it's salvation and all kinds of things. Oh, but when God says this about them or God says this about that, that's, I don't, I'm, I'm, nope, nope, nope. I can't wrap my head around. God's like, listen, that's my word and it's eternal. And whether you like it or not, it's not changing. Amen? That's going to be a whole nother message. That's not, that's a whole nother message for another time. But our kids need biblical affirmation on the whole counsel of God's word. That's why I brought all that up. Because the message that they're getting out there is for total compromise. It doesn't matter what God's word says, dude. You just do it. it doesn't matter what God's word says. That's an old book. It doesn't matter what God's word says. This is how we're living today. No! We need to affirm our kids in the full counsel of God's word with biblical affirmation because like I said, God's word is his word. It's alive and it's eternal. God's word speaks to the heart. It speaks to the soul. It's God's word and God's word only through the power of the Holy Spirit that changes hearts and changes lives. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and it's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Psalm 119, 105, the psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. The apostle Paul writes in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel <clears throat> for it's the power of God. For it's the power of God. Praise the Lord. Listen, our kids need positive assertion Something declared over them that's true, a positive statement that's all based on biblical affirmation, God's word. And they need this biblical affirmation from two groups, two groups. Number one, they need it from the church. That's you guys. Well, Greg, I'm not a parent. I don't have any kids. I'm talking to you specifically right now as well, okay? Okay. And even if you do have kids here at Oso, I'm talking about the other kids all around your kids, okay? They need biblical affirmation from the church. I hope you realize you can be a very positive influence on all of the kids and all of the students that run around here at Oso. Listen, they will remember you. They, they will remember what you say. They will remember how you act in church. They notice our worship. They notice your example. They notice your activity. They notice the model that you set. They'll notice when you're here and even when you're not. They will notice Jesus in you reaching out to them. Listen, our kids, our students need to feel so pumped and so encouraged by all of us adults at church that we are excited to see them here at church, right? 
<laughs> and when we use <clears throat> the patriarch Isaac's blessing as a model, and again, even if you have your own kids, you can affirm and, and you know, help the other kids and students as well, you, you give them a, a touch, a, a pat on the back, a high five, a fist pump as the kid runs by. You know, just, all you gotta do is stick your fist out and they'll, you know, pump it back out, you know? Hopefully they won't run into it, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Ah, and then the dad comes and knocks you out, you know what I mean? That's okay, all right? No, just, just give them a, a meaningful, tender touch, right? Speak a message over them. Place a high uh, evaluation over them. Like, dude, you're awesome. How's my buddy doing today? You look, hey, young lady, you look very beautiful today. Great job. I, I, I heard what you did this week at school. Good job. I'm so glad that you're here. You are important. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Let our kids and students know that they're noticed by us adults. Man, I, I try to do this as much as I can. I really do. It's very purposeful and direct. I want those kids to know that, that, that the lead pastor, he notices them and that he's very excited that they're here at church because that means something to them. It means something to them when, a, when an adult takes notice of them at church. And then like Isaac, you know, predict a special future, uh, give them a, a word of destination over them. Those things, like, God loves you so much and man, he's, he's got a wonderful plan for you as you grow up, you know? You're gonna do great things for God. Your talents are God-given and he's gonna use them all for his glory. Then give them a promise of commitment to them like Isaac did, his son. Like, this is your church. I'm going to volunteer in, in, in your ministry. I'm going to go on that trip with you. I'm going to serve over where your ministry is going on. We as a church are here for you. We are with you. We believe in you. You know, we had our, our leadership meetings about the renovations, and man, they're coming along, aren't they? Praise the Lord, they're coming along. They're, they're gonna start putting uh, the building up next, this week, I think uh, Tony, the contractor said. And, and hey, be ready to see some announcements because uh, as they start winding down, we gotta move furniture, we gotta move stuff. We're gonna, uh, we gotta plan for beautiful decorations in here and painting and all kinds of wonderful stuff, but we're gonna need help, okay? Thank you, one person. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, tear it all down! <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, I got sidetracked there, but the building renovations, as we had our leadership meeting, that's, I would share that with the rest of the leadership. I'm like, listen, what this says, buildings and walls says, students and kids, we believe in you. We're behind you and the ministry. We're going to invest in you with space and rooms and all that kind of fun stuff, Okay. Our kids need to know, say, hey, we're, you know, here, say, we're here for you anytime you need us. Look, 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 Creekers, and, I, and I've said this before, you can speak into our, our kids' lives every Sunday and, and every Wednesday. Don't let them just run by you. Notice them. Say something to them. Encourage them. Let them know you, you see them, and, and you're glad they're here. And, and the, the best, volunteer in the student and kids' ministries. We're trying to get, you know, turn, once a month, once a month, once a month, once a month. You get with Pastor Jonathan, they meet on Wednesdays. Megan on, with the kids' ministry, she's going to be kind of short-terming that, taking that over. Let our kids see you getting involved at church. 
I mean, we get involved in kids' school activities and their sporting teams, and we'll sacrifice like crazy, right? Let's let them see us getting involved in the aspects and the ministries of church. Because listen, our kids don't forget who is with them. Now, I could just start going down the list of, of, of men and women who spoke into my life growing up in church. A man by the name of Brother Yeary, Bob McGee, Sister Thompson, Ron Rimmel, Richard and Terry Parker. You guys don't know them, but they mean so. I can just continue listing out names of men and women who I knew were there for me through the church. And they would speak blessings of affirmation over me as I grew up. See, these are formative years, and they remember who is blessing them, who is affirming them. And in this season, what so much of this generation is leaving the church in large numbers, listen, it's, it's time that the church gets involved in speaking into our kids' lives and speaking over our kids' lives, biblical affirmation. We can do this in the hallways, in here, outside, when you see them running around, let them know you notice them and give them biblical affirmation. They'll lead it up. They'll lead it up. That's the first group. But you know who else? Someone more important our kids need biblical affirmation from? The fathers. The fathers. Our kids need affirmation from their fathers. Stepdads, dads, granddads, foster dads, spiritual dads. You play an important role in speaking positive, godly encouragement to our kids and to our kids' lives. And, and, and we can apply how Isaac blessed Jacob as, as, again, a wonderful model and example of how we can give a blessing of affirmation over our kids. And like I said, you, you may be hearing, like, Greg, the father really isn't an active Christian. Greg, I'm a single mom. Greg, my kids are all grown up now. Does this, what you're talking about, you're talking, we keep saying kids, does this apply to me? Greg, I'm a man without children. What about me? Yes, 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 and Yes. Now, I really want to emphatically speak to all the dads this morning. And dads, this is important for you to grasp and to put this into action. Not just let it be here, you know, words, you hear, but put into action. But single moms or, or, or moms holding the spiritual reins of the family, take, take the lead, you know, and, and take this role. For those with kids who are already grown, this blessing of affirmation can apply no matter how old your children are. Especially if you have grandkids, oh my goodness, start today, all right? And again, even if you don't have kids, you can you know, have all kinds of spiritual kids, be a mentor or a spiritual father or mother to somebody. So I want to get practical and applicable here before I have Luther come up again. And, you know, just like that, that old song from the 80s, you know, it's like, let's get practical, practical. I want to get applicable. App-. Was that... I hear a moan, a groan. I don't know how that one was. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Okay, listen. So dads, especially dads, like the tractor beam, I want to pull you in of Star Wars, okay? But also moms, everybody listen on the, on the, on the uh, peripheral. Give them a meaningful tender touch. This is easy to do, guys. Okay? Just like Isaac did. Hug them, hold them, hold them close. Let them know your love. Simple pat on the back. Touch of the shoulder, a quick head rub, fist pump. These things mean so much to our kids. One of my resources states that in a study of girls who had numerous unwanted pregnancies, a common denominator was found. They all had fathers who did not show them affection. Consequently, they sought this missing ingredient in the arms of strangers. 
Listen, a meaningful touch of affection and affirmation is so important. Jesus knew this and modeled it. In Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 16, there were parents that were bringing their kids to Jesus so that he could bless them. What did he do? Did he just kind of wave his hand toward their direction and say, be blessed, sort of kind of like the Pope. You're like, hey, be blessed, kids, you know? You know, that Pope's actually saying, hey, hey, kids, get off the grass, you know? No, never mind. ADHD joke, that, never mind, that's all right. Let's get back in, Greg, lock in, lock in. No, he didn't just dismiss, like, oh, you guys are blessed, that's great, it's all good. No, look what he, listen to what he did, Mark 10, 16. The gospel says he took the kids up in his arms and he put his hands on them. A meaningful, tender touch, and he blessed them. I love that story. I love that picture so much. Can you just picture Jesus bringing all these kids, man, hugging them, pulling, and then laying his hands on each kid and blessing them. How awesome is that? And you let your kids know that you care, you love them, that they're special by a tender and a meaningful touch. Just like Isaac, speak a positive message over them. Here we go, yeah. And place a high value on them. I fear that a lot of kids today might hear nothing but harsh correction and negativity. You're so bad. You are horrible. You little brat. (laughs) You need to be more like this. Grow up. Stop doing that. You're so annoying to me. Oh, I wish I could just get a break from you. And I know parents are thinking that, okay? Right? No, but but, but affirming? I, I think not. What if you could speak over them godly encouragement, you know? This is what's so great about you. You're wonderful in this. God made you that way with all your talents and your abilities and skills. God blessed you. This is what I see in you. You mean a lot to me. You're my everything. I love you so much. I'm glad to see you doing so good in, in that at school or the hobby that you're in or the, the sport you're in. You're a wonderful boy, a wonderful girl. God made you amazing and you light up my life. I'm proud of you. Hey, dads, when, when our kids hear these kinds of words, it means a lot. It means a lot. Don't be that dad or mom that the kids never hear affirming messages from. Just go to work, come home, get busy with something else. No, no, let's affirm our kids and speak godly, positive messages over them. Let them know that they have a high value in our lives. Thirdly, like Isaac, declare a special future for your child. Give them a word of a a spiritual destination that will carry them into the future. Our our kids not only need to hear what we see in them right now, but but what we see for them up ahead. you're, You're doing great. God's gonna bless you in that. You're going to make a great, fill in the blank. Stay in God's word. He will direct you. God will help you be who he's created you to be. God's always going to be with you. God's always going to help you. Always lean on God. Say, trust God. Have faith. Stay the course. Don't give up. God's with you. Remember my dad, who had said for so many years all my life, he would say, and I... Never forget it, and it's helped me so much in my life. He would always say two things to me. He goes, always look up. Always look up. 
And my dad's a pastor all my life, and he wasn't just, you know, being, you know, oh, just look up, like, in, in your dispositional church. No, he's, he knows that that's where our help comes from, is what the word says. And so he's reminding me to look up to the Lord, to trust him, and depend upon him. And he'd always say, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. And again, that's all bounded, uh, founded on God's word, where God says he works all things out for our good to those, that, you know, those who believe and are called according to his purposes, the book of Romans. And those have stayed with me for years, and they will stay with me for the rest of my life. And I pray that as a father, I'm, I'm, I'm affirming my kids in that same way as well. So that as they're adults and they have families of their own, you know, they remember what dad said and giving them a spiritual destination, you know, a special future of dependence and trusting in God. Because our kids need spiritual direction, dads, moms. Our kids need spiritual direction from God's word. And it's our charge to lead them that way. And the last part of the blessing in Luther, yeah, if you guys want to come up, bro. What we see Isaac give Jacob is the promise of continued commitment. Let them know you'll be with them and behind them in the good and the bad. Whether they mess up horribly or succeed greatly in things, you're still in their corner. You're still in their corner. Just like Mickey was with Rocky, okay? Mickey loves you! you know, Rocky fans out there, okay? Remember that one in Rocky Three when you know, Mickey passed, but Rocky is having a bad time, but he has that vision, and Mickey's there, that old scraggly face. Mickey loves you, Rock! Anyway, sorry. But yeah. Let them know you're in the corner. Let them know you're with them. Let them know you're their biggest supporter, their biggest confidant. You're their biggest cheerleader. Our kids should feel that if everyone else in the world was against them, you'd be there for them, and that's, all that, you know, that, that, that's what would matter to them. A continued commitment. And let, let our kids see Christ in us. Dads, that should be your prayer. That should be your M.O., that should be what drives you. I want my kids to see Christ in me. And we need to invest in our kids. You see, our kids need this blessing of affirmation. And if they don't get godly affirmation that will help them in, in this thing called life from us, guess what? Sadly, they might try to seek it out and get affirmation from other people and other sources that will not be as good for them. They might run into the wrong arms. They might listen to the degrading messages and messages that do them harm. They might try to find value in things that can hurt them and even harm them. Sadly, they might not feel like they have a very good future. And their future looks bleak, so why not do things today that aren't very good? Their group of friends and acquaintances that they try to gain affirmation and value from might actually be very devastating to them. And the danger is our kids might end up on the wrong side of positive, the opposite side of positive godly affirmation. And we don't want that. We need to be the ones that stand in the gap and proclaim you're awesome and I love you. And God is with you. God has a plan for you. His word's for you and his word is for today. Trust in him. Stay the course. He has a plan for you. 
And this, this blessing of affirmation should be done on a regular basis, not just a one-time thing. No, our kids need to hear it constantly. Because the truth is this, and it's, you want to hear something so wonderful and beautiful? God, our Heavenly Father, takes the lead in this. He sets the example. He blesses us with the same type of blessing of affirmation in our lives as well. And in your, in your creed notes, I've included, you know, the little outline and scriptural references. But he touches us with his presence and his spirit. He lets us know that he's there and he's with us. He pulls us close, gang. And sometimes he smells us and says, you smell like the field. You stink. Go take a shower. And God doesn't say that. Just kidding. But he pulls us close. And he holds us. And he touches our lives. He speaks a positive message over us. He values us so much. And if you don't feel valued today, just look at the cross. He loves you so much. He gives us a great future. He gives us a spiritual destination. And he's so committed to us. Working things out for our good, for his plan and his purposes. He loves us. And so dads, we are to share that love. Be a conduit of God's love to our kids, our own kids, and our spiritual kids. It's that important. It's that important. Hallelujah. God, we just come before you this morning. Thank you for the love that you have for us, Lord. Thank you for the value that you place on our lives. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross so that we could know grace, we could know forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that just as we see Isaac give his son this blessing and these four ways that he blesses his son, thank you, Lord, that's what you do to us. And Lord, that's what we have the opportunity to do to our own kids for our own kids. Help us, Lord. Help us as dads and granddads and moms. Let us be intentional in this, Lord. Because God, culture is getting to be a, a wrecked place out there, fast and furious. It's getting more evil and getting more wicked and it's just going farther and farther away from your word. So, Lord, empower us with your Holy Spirit. Give us the wisdom and the the knowledge that we need, Lord, to be able to stand in the gap and, and to affirm our children in you and in your word, Lord, I pray. God, help us where we're weak and touch us in Jesus' name. Amen. If I could have all the, the papas, the grandpapas, If you guys could come forward, if you feel comfortable and just line up right here before we close, I want to just pray a blessing for all the dads, granddads, fathers, stepfathers, foster fathers, spiritual mentors, just like we did last year, like we did with the ladies. And come on, men. If you don't feel comfortable, that's okay. You don't feel comfortable. Hey guys, look up here for a minute. Look up here. You know, it's, it's funny. I saw these jokes. It's like Mother's Day messages, pastors speaking on the pastor things, I, forums I'm part of. It's like Mother's Day messages are all gentle and sweet and nice, but then it's Father's Day. It's all like, 
pounding the pulpit and guys, you got to do a better job and do all kinds of stuff. And I was like, there's kind of a sense to that. You know what I mean? But listen, guys, you're doing a good job. It's not easy. Okay. You're doing a good job. Thank you, ladies. Number one, you're here. And if you're online this morning, you're, you're, you're with us. Okay. But you're here. Your families are here. Okay. Listen, God is with you, gang. Don't be afraid to reach out to him and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm weak in this area. Listen, he, he'll give you the strength. He'll help you. Do you mind just laying a hand on each other's shoulder and just as I pray, you just say a prayer for the, the man. You may not know who they are, and that's okay. And ladies, if you'll stretch out your hands and pray for these, these men of faith, these men of God. Lord, for all these guys that are up here right now, those that are watching online, Father, I just pray a blessing on all these men right now. Lord, give us, as I'm a father myself, give us this, the wisdom, the, the courage, and the boldness to stand on your word in this season and culture to raise our children. Help us, Lord, to raise them after you, God. And I know that, Lord, some have, have children who are grown, and, and maybe they're not in the church, but help them not to give up, Lord. Help them to still be that positive influence, that biblical influence in their kids' lives. And I pray, God, for those moments where it's stressful and hectic and we want to just throw up our hands in the air and say, I quit, I'm done, that Holy Spirit, you'll come in and bring peace and comfort and strength, Lord. I pray for strength in all of these men's lives right now. Give them your strength, Father, I pray. And I bless them. I bless them. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys. Let's do it for the kingdom, men. Come on, let's sing this one last song before we close this morning. Let's sing this song. Amen.